Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody out there in Listen Land, welcome back. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, and this is episode 101, and we're back, back-to-back weeks, actually, Steve. Can you believe that? We took a little time in between our last few episodes, but we did 100 last week, which was a huge show, and now we're back with 101. It was an amazing show. It, it was probably my favorite. I, I don't know if there's a probably there. I think it is my favorite. It was just a great day. We had some beers. We're all together. Had some great topics. We covered three of the best shows we've ever had and just got to, and, and it was a little nostalgic too. There was that element of, you know, wh- where'd we come from? How'd we get here? You know, and, and, and thinking back through that and, you know, bringing up some of the stuff that we'd kind of forgot about in this process. Great, great show. From what I've seen, and it sounds like you've seen and heard of the same thing, Tucker, from our conversation before we got on the air, I think it was a very well-received show. And I think a lot of people that didn't even know we had a show saw it for the first time and are now pretty excited and they have 99 other episodes to go back and listen to and binge on so fun stuff i will give our our listeners an update though joe actually texted me the next day and said he went and bought more white claw so i have now made him a fan of white claw <laughs> i had white claw the next day too i just wasn't as vocal about it but you see we always had it here in the fridge I, it was never it was never very far i didn't have to go buy it so i actually tried it it is it is a good drink it is a good drink it is far less sweet than I anticipated. It's it's not sweet at all. And uh, yeah, it's a good drink. For the record, he was busting my balls pretty good <laughs> when I asked him to bring it over for the 100th episode. So I'm glad to see he likes it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but took it well. You took it anyway, well. Anyway, this week's show, we're back. We're going back to back. We had a great show last week. Probably, arguably, I, I think our most fun show to record uh, for obvious reasons uh, to this point. But we've got another amazing show this week that we've been talking about getting on the schedule for a while now. I know you've been nudged by your better half to say, hey, we need to get some more females on this show because, you know, people like to hear not just from us kind of crusty dudes uh, all the time. And so (laughs) we thought, well, who should we get on the show? And obviously I had somebody that was at the top of my list and you agreed and we're going to kind of kick this off and try and get more females overall on the show. But I figured this would be a great place to start. So 
This week, we have somebody who obviously is my better half, but she also runs essentially our whole company. Uh, For those of you guys that follow me and know kind of how the business works, I, to make it in the most simplest terms, I go out and kill it and bring it home. And she makes it pretty and gives it back to me so that we can sell it. But there's a lot that goes on between making it pretty and giving it back to me. So arguably the most important part of the business, right? (laughs) I would say, yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. So uh, without further ado, let's welcome Joni to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Joni. Welcome, Joni. And and as a side nugget, Joni's mom works from Premier Property Group. Yeah, we should mention that. I didn't know that for several years. And then one day she came up and she said hi. And I think she'd said hi before, but she didn't she didn't drop that on me. And then she and then she she said that. So Carol (laughs) is is with us. I think you went to Rex Putnam High, right? I did, and then went to West Lynn, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I've actually done a couple. I have a good friend. We went to high school together. She's a teacher there, Tracy Clark. She's also a client of mine. And um, a couple of years back, she said, hey, Steve, would you come in for career day and talk to my freshmen about what you do and answer their questions? And I did it. It was such a fun event that I've done it twi- two years in a row now, and we're on track to do it again there. So. I, uh, I have a little history with Rex Putnam. It's a great school. Great school it system, is. by the way. It is a good school. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Had a lot of friends there. Well, so welcome to it. the show, Joni. Thanks. Let's jump right into some questions I have. This I think this is a show that's long overdue because here we talk so much about real estate and we talk so much about being successful as both as a realtor which I think a huge part of what we as realtors do is help our sellers get their house looking strategically its best. And and strategic is a key word there. And that's going to come into the questions we ask you today. Because obviously, you know, you could go into a million dollar house and put $2 million into it and it's going to sell fast, but that's not a profitable business. So there's a fine line to to balance of, you know, what is too much and how do you know where the line is? And we're going to pick your brain on that today too. But it's a big part of what we do as realtors. And it's obviously a huge part on the building side of what you guys do when rehabbing or building new construction finding those special things, those amenities, those trends, those tastes that is going to resonate well with buyers and is going to make you stand out from the competition. So let's get right into some questions about your background, Joni. Tell us about yourself and your role with the company today and then how you got into the business. And feel free to also mention your and Tucker, where you guys met and and how you, you started to work together. Okay. So growing up, I used to draw floor plans and things like that when I was a kid. Then my mom, she built a couple houses, went to school, kind of flopped around for a little bit, didn't know what I wanted to do. Got back into interior design, graduated from the Art Institute of Phoenix, got my bachelor's degree in interior design. Then I actually, right when I was finishing school is when I met Tucker when I was down in Arizona. His sister came down with him And he was visiting a friend in Scottsdale. And that's kind of how we met. And then from there, we kind of dated for a while. And then I got offered a job back at home from a company in Westland and then started working and doing their commercial interior design. All the mortgage business at this time, right? Yeah, Yeah, he was was solidly in the mortgage business. Yep, he was was still in the mortgage business. And then I started doing all their residential custom builds and doing all their floor plans and kind of in-house design stuff. So that's kind of how we met. And did then, you ever get business from that company, Tucker? Was that something you tried to do or was it possible or did they have in-house lending? I tried, but to be honest, they had a really douchey realtor <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was just, I don't know, too much. Um, so I kind of, 
I took a swing at it, but it, it never really worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And th- and this is a give me give me a time a year oh six oh seven oh was this like six. 12, 12 years ago. I think yeah. it was oh six. Twelve it was before the collapse. Pre crash. Pre crash. Yeah, yeah. it's pre crash. Yeah. Okay. And then the market kind of slowed, and then my hours got cut a little bit because there just wasn't many projects for me to do for them. And then that's when we bought our first flip house, and then we were kind of like, well, let's go in all in and just do this. And so from there, I just started kind of taking over running all the construction, the project management and doing the design and everything as well. So yeah. And I had learned a lot working for them because they were, you know, a new construction company. I had learned a lot while I was working there from a lot of their project managers on scheduling and just learning about the process and everything. So I, I tried to absorb as much as I could while I worked for them. And then, you know, design obviously was something I was doing every day while I was working there. But yeah, that's kind of how it evolved to where we're at now. And we just started doing smaller houses and then kind of got to new builds and where we're at now. Did we say the name of that company? It was it Icon, you said? Icon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're still around, right? They I know are. Yeah, name. they're yeah. still a really big builder. Yeah. yeah. I used to nanny for their kids when I was younger. And so that's kind of how I got tied in with that job. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And so I knew the family and stuff. So they, they gave me a job and got me started in my career. So it was an awesome opportunity. I learned a ton while I was working there. Like awesome. great opportunity. It sounds like it was a couple years too. Yeah, years, I stayed there for, I think it was what, Tucker, like four years, something like that I was there. Yeah, she was there for a while. They cut her hours and basically, you know, said we just don't really have much, you know, for you to do. About Sometime, I think, beginning of 09-ish. Yeah, um, that's not when surprising. Kinda, yeah, they were picking up the pieces and trying to figure out how to move forward and kind of keep the ship floating. And that was at the point where we had started taking off and um, she had helped with the initial kind of houses that we bought after the collapse. And then I think it was like June or July 09 where um, she was right before we got married. Yeah, because we had a house that we were actually renovating while we went to get married in Maui. And so we were kind of dealing with this house that was under construction during that process. So it was, yeah, it was like summer 09 is when she transitioned yeah. from working with them to uh, essentially going full time with us. How long into that process of flipping houses, Tucker, before you said, hey, this is what I'm going to do next and I'm leaving the mortgage business? Was it immediate? Was it before? Was it like well into it? Was it after a, a successful one or two? I remember when we went, we had our wedding, which was June 09, I had a number of mortgage files that I was trying to get done. I actually, you know, Howie, um, Howie helped me get a lot of those closed up while I was gone because he was uh, partners with me and had held the Washington license for my company. And I I think shortly after I got back from there, I just said, you know what, this business is not that fun anymore. (laughs) And so (laughs) I know you don't have to explain it to me. Our listeners, yes, please explain it to them. But man, I, I lived that too. It was it was very difficult. I mean, I the truth be told, we talked about this a little bit, you know, while we were sitting around BS and poolside. But I had some less than you know uh, desirable characters that worked for me, which there was a lot of them sprinkled all over the mortgage business, and they just caused me a lot of heartache and headache. And um, you know, after that run, I was just like, you know what, I just can't do this. And so I said, Howie, guess what? You can have the business, my man. It's all yours. Do what you want with it. And he's he now runs uh, you know, a small shop out of Vancouver still. He's a great guy. Uh, but I just couldn't do it anymore. And we were also transitioning, you know, at that point to doing houses. And we'd proofed the concept, you know, late 08, beginning 09, that you could still buy a house, renovate it and sell it. And there was a retail buyer on the other end. Right. Because that was a questionable thing back then. Absolutely. Um, and, and we Absolutely. proofed it. 
And after we proofed it, that's <laughs> when she decided to, you know, okay, well, I'll come join you and we'll do this thing together. And at that point, you know, once you prove that concept, I was like, well, why do I want to try and keep, you know, banging my head against the wall, trying to make money on this side of the business when we can jump over here? Nobody was in this side of the business, you know, the renovating houses space. There was maybe a couple other people in town that had the, you know, the, the balls, we'll say, <laughs> to do it at that point or the financial backing because so many people got wiped out. Right. And so it was just, you know, we had our own playground, all of Portland. I mean, we were doing whatever we wanted in terms of buying properties and kind of picking the best ones. And so, yeah, it was um, shortly thereafter that I decided to basically change the entire heading of the ship. And a big part of that, of course, was having Joni come on with me because, you know, as we started to do more volume and do more houses, uh, it takes a lot of additional work and, and manpower and just, you know, uh, structure. And so she helped provide that. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let's go into some of the things you focus on, Joni. Trends, styles, and designs. I mean, what are the things you do to keep ahead of the curb? I, it was interesting for you to say your background. I, I, you have a degree in interior design. So you clearly from day one have been have had a, a natural talent and ability towards this. But how do you how do you keep that sharp? What do you do? I mean, what Instagram accounts do you follow? What markets do you follow? Where are you where are you looking and what are you doing to to bring back the goods to to your business? I follow a lot of good accounts on Instagram from kind of all over, really. I have a couple from Illinois, California. There's some all over and, and even in obscure cities and stuff, they have some really good design ideas. I also like look on Redfin. I'll pull up listings in like Southern California, San Francisco Bay Area, try to get different ideas. So I, I look all over. I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, house, not so much house anymore. I used to be, but you know, Instagram has gotten so much better. You know, you're able to see so many different house ideas and just different designer accounts that can showcase all their work. So yeah, I try to look up just different areas. And, you know, you scroll through and you find new people and you're like, oh my gosh, I love their stuff. I have a couple architects I follow that are just insane. Eric Olson Designs is probably one of the best I've seen on Instagram. He has like the coolest, coolest houses, just such neat design, a lot of white painted brick and just a good use of materials that he uses on the exteriors and just the interiors of the home. So they're just amazing. You know, I just try to stay ahead. You, you know, you can also follow fashion. I mean, everything in design kind of repeats itself. So like right now we're seeing a real trend in like some of the deep greens again with the brass. And this was in the 90s, if you remember, a lot of the stuff we ripped out <laughs> had shiny brass, green and burgundy. So a lot of the stuff is coming back in a slightly different form. So if you look back, you kind of can follow a lot of design trends by like, okay, I see where we're going. We're going back to 90s a little bit, but how do we tweak it and make it more current? We don't want shiny brass and burgundy carpet, obviously, you know, and the color palette. But, you know, oaks are coming back in style, white oak stuff, honestly, that I didn't think we would ever be putting in that we are. But it looks good and it's tweaked. It's not the same you know, yellowy, you know, oak that we rip out of a lot of the houses. It's like a pretty, you know, riffs on white oak. Like we're putting in one of our, you know, that million dollar build house that Tucker's been showing. So um, it, it's, yeah, a lot of stuff just repeats itself. So we've been mm -hmm. trying to stay ahead of the curve on different trends and not too trendy because I want things to look timeless. So they don't look dated in five years and you're like, oh my gosh, remember that, you know, house from 2001, everyone did that you know, glazed cabinets or, you know, Venetian plaster walls and things like that. Like I try to keep things so they're going to look good for a while. 
just classic design elements, especially with the architecture of the home, where it could just be paint color or light fixtures that maybe could change as, you know, the time goes on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Has yeah. there ever been a time, this wasn't a question that we talked about up front, but has there ever been a time where you wanted to put something in the house and Tucker goes, holy, <laughs> holy yeah. hell, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, actually quite a few times. And I'm like, you need to wait, trust the process. So yeah, I, I try not to even, I, I, I show him a little bit, but I just, kind of do my own thing. And then he usually likes at the end. Sometimes we've had a lot of guys come in and be like, what are you doing? Like, this is kind of weird or about this color. And then once it's all done and put together, they're like, oh, I really like it. And some of the, actually his favorite houses have been the ones where he was like, oh, I don't know about this. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. definitely. I, have I've that. screwed up a couple houses by trying to impart my opinion on them. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they turned out good, but they could have turned out great if I had left it alone. But, you know, it's it's hard sometimes because you know, having the vision of the end product, it's a difficult skill set. And let's be honest, most of us guys don't have that. And, you know, most people don't have that either. So uh, I, I try and trust the process as much as I can. And they always turn out great. But, you know, we've been on this ride together. So, of course, I feel like, you know, well, uh, you know, I've got an opinion along the way. Sometimes it's valid. Sometimes it's not. But uh, the, and they all turn out great at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, I didn't say this before. Um, you, you guys remind me of that builder that I introduced you to on the phone that day, Eli Boylan, Boylan Homes in the Salem market. He's, he's an awesome builder, builds some, some just amazing product down there and very dominant in the Dallas market as well. His wife is exactly to him what, what Joni is to you. And it's such a yin and yang. And, and he gives her full credit. I mean, you know, he's, He's really good at the mechanical, you know, the, the the grit side of the business. And she just has phenomenal taste, which it's what it really boils down to, right, is taste. It's it's unquantifiable. It's not something you can teach or train somebody like, hey, here's how you have good taste, right? No, Here, go to this school no. and you'll have good taste. No, it's, there's people in school that don't, that I went to school with that are like, you know, you either have it or you don't. Because there's some successful designers that don't even have a degree. I mean, you learn technical skills, but having good taste is something that cannot be taught. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I would v- probably venture most designers don't have a degree. So it's it's awesome that you have both the scholastic side of things as well as the, you know, the, the natural born component to it. We talked a little bit about online and how to stay current in that realm. And I think that's such a huge area in this day and age. But let's go to the old-fashioned go-in-person places. Where do you like to go? I mean, if you were going to send some of our listeners and say, look, go to these. And let's talk furniture, too, because I think that comes into play. I mean, it doesn't have to just be amenities of a house, but like furnishings, amenities, fixtures, lighting. What are your favorite retail establishments to go and just browse and see stuff and go, wow, that's cool? You know, I'll go down to California and we take a couple trips down there. They have a bunch of good different furniture stores down there. We have some here. I mean, Restoration Hardware is great. They have a lot of good stuff in their showroom. I like to mix and match some of their pieces. Their cabinet hardware is awesome. They have um, they have great light fixtures, good mirrors, just different pieces. But there's we have some local showrooms here. I don't do so much as furnishings, but like fixtures and like tile and things like that. You know, we have Pratt and Larson, which is awesome local company. They make all their own tiles here in Portland and they have a awesome showroom and just unique pieces that kind of are cool to Portland and just, just unique in general. They're not run of the mill. Bedrosians and Pentel or other um, tile vendors that have, you know, really unique tiles and really cool. Z tile is another one in Northwest Portland. 
and light fixtures, I'd say Hudson Valley and Circa, they're more expensive for like higher end homes are probably my favorite lighting companies. Um, but then there's Savoy House, which has a lot of knockoff design for less. Uh, Marie Feist is another one that's a really good um, lighting vendor. Um, but you can find so many good things online now. Like it's amazing what Wayfair used to be, you know, five years ago to what it is now. Like they carry a lot of good products, you know, tile. And like if you're remodeling a house, like you can get a lot of good products for there for really good pricing. And and they actually have, it's not just kind of cheesy, cheap stuff anymore. Like they actually carry some nice furnishings. They carry a lot of nice stuff now. So I mean, online has been such a good resource with so many companies you can, you know, get stuff. So you don't really need to go to many showrooms locally, I'd say. But I mean, you want to go pick out your tile and things like that in person because color is different online than it is, you know, installed and in person. So I would say those are probably our favorite shops I like to go to. Yeah. And one thing I'll, I'll tell our listeners that I've done in the past, sometimes, sometimes I'll be with a client, you know, a seller and, and, and I'll, and I'll bring in my designer stager who kind of does a walkthrough and we're, we're talking about maybe a couple tweaks. One thing sometimes that's really helpful is just to Google something and then click on images and just start scrolling through images of whatever it is you're looking at. If it's like an example would be like white kitchen. Like if, if they're, painting their kitchen white and you're like, okay, what are some examples of countertops? I mean, it's just, it's just really helpful to do something like that. And that just pulls everything into, into your feed and gives you, and then you can grab one or two ideas and kind of hone in on those. So yeah, like Pinterest, you can search like Mm -hmm. white painted fireplace or something, or, you know, whatever specific thing you're looking for and Mm -hmm. it'll pull up tons of ideas, which really helps kind of get you going. You may not find exactly, but maybe use that as an inspiration and tweak it or, you know, but it, it really helps if if you're looking for a specific idea for sure. Yeah. Or like another example would be black and white exterior, right? Which is a big thing now. Yeah. Um, by the way, yeah. we were at your house, your beautiful house last week. And we, we saw you've had that for several years now as everybody's joining into that, coming to that party, right? Yeah. The modern um, house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting though. You you rattled off so many retail places I've never heard of. <laughs> Restoration hardware is the big one there. I, I I have heard of them. Their showroom down on 23rd is just phenomenal. I mean, it's yeah, like it's five awesome. floors now. Their rooftop with beautiful views has great exterior furniture. That's that's a cool place to go and just kind of take everything in. There's one, um, Steve, that we should mention that uh, they're actually going to open a showroom in Seattle. But we have had we've been trying to get these pendants that are for our um, Dunthorpe house that were kind of going to be the centerpiece of the kitchen. And they were on back order through our provider. And so I actually reached out to Circa Lighting directly and I sent them some renderings of the kitchen. I said, hey, we really want to get these lights. And uh, what can you do for me? And so they actually went and pulled them out of another showroom that they had somewhere in the country because they didn't have any that they could sell because everything that was being manufactured was on back order. And then they shipped them to us. So they're in process to getting here right now. But that's circle lighting. And I, I, I had looked into a lot of their stuff after Joni mentioned that she wanted to get those. And they got some really cool stuff. It's hmm. expensive, but they have unique, really cool pieces. The scale of them is really big. Um like I said, they are not cheap. They're not something that we put in a lot of our houses. I might use a few of them here and there in our million plus dollar homes, but entry level stuff, definitely not. But they're they're really neat. Another local one too, I was gonna say is rejuvenation and uh, cedar and moss. 
They have more contemporary kind of mid-century light fixtures, and they're manufactured here in Portland too. Um, their prices are actually pretty good. They're pretty reasonable. And they have some really neat stuff as well, depending on you know what style you're going for for your house. So it just kind of depends. If you're going yeah. mid-century kind of modern, um, there's different vendors for that. And then if you're going more uh, you know traditional or modern farmhouse kind of contemporary, there's just different manufacturers for kind of different needs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does Circa Lighting have a showroom here in Portland? They don't. I wish they did, but they're going to oh. have one up in Seattle. They have one down in California and they have one at their Las Vegas Mart, actually, their Las Vegas Interior Design Mart down there. They have a huge showroom down there. So but, you buy everything online? <clears throat> um, no, well, we actually buy from Globe Lighting and they have accounts with all these oh, different vendors. Gotcha. And so they can buy through them. But we were having just a hard time getting these. I picked these pendants out literally before we even started building this house. Like I knew I wanted them and they're very expensive. They're like ridiculous, $1,400 <laughs> a pendant. So they're really expensive. And so they're literally, they my kitchen and I had to have them. So when I found out they were back ordered, I was freaking out and I had Tucker, I was like, we got to get these. I, I mean, if I don't have these, this is like, this will ruin my whole kitchen. And they're just, they, they're going to make the kitchen. And when everybody sees them, they'll know what I'm talking about. Cause they're amazing. So Okay. I'm, I'm Tucker's been teasing us that we're going to have a, uh, a broker's open twilight brokers open with some no, champagne. We're gonna have a, yeah. We're going to have a real estate podcast party. We're going to have a party for, it'll, it'll be a big, big blowout. So, so we're going to see these is my oh, point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll get to see them. Hopefully as long as they get here and they're not damaged or anything, <laughs> I think I'll cry. <laughs> I'm going to jump to a, a question that was a little bit later in, in the questions we talked about. Are you involved in the landscaping side of things, Joni? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of involved in every aspect of the from the floor plans all the way to landscaping to everything. So I kind of handle all of it really. Do so, you have one one go to person that does your landscaping or do you have a a, a, a couple I, different options? Yeah, I do. We've used Chris Merton uh with Merton Landscaping before, Merton and Son Landscaping. But JPH uh Jose has been doing all our landscaping for years and years. And I've known him for oh my gosh, probably uh, 20 years I've known him. So he's, and I've known his wife and they're actually good friends of ours and, and they've been doing awesome work for us for over the years. So we, we love them a lot. Where do you go to get your flowers, plants, um, um browse? You know, he, he buys a lot of it from nursery. So I'll kind of show him some inspiration photos. We'll walk through the house and kind of, okay, this is what I was thinking. I want to do some boxwoods or some magnolia trees or birch trees. And we kind of go through a plan. We want to do an uplight here. I mean, I'm not a landscape architect by any means, but I, you know, we try, we do our best, but uh, that's kind of how I do it. And then she doesn't purchase them from big nurseries and things like that. But, you know, local nurseries, Bosky Dell, they have a couple different ones. Even Home Depot has some good plants. Um, 70s is real, they're expensive, but they have great, great, you know, product there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, Big, we've, or, and Owls is another one that I, I've in, in recent months that st- learned to appreciate. There's an Owls, I think there's one in, I know there's one in Wilsonville, and I think there's one in Sherwood too. Yeah. And they have some pretty good stuff. Yeah. 70s is, I've heard the same thing. Um, they are expensive, but they have some, some amazing products there as well. Well, what are some of the trends? You you talked a little bit about this, but let's just let let's just go into this a little bit. What I mean, what are things that you are doing now or about to do that you're especially excited about? Trends that you think are ahead of the curve. I'm really loving the the black exterior. We've seen a lot of the white modern farmhouse kind of loving 
kind of the flip of it where uh, we're doing a project in uh, first edition and it's going to be amazing. So we're doing like a whole black exterior with black windows and it sounds kind of dark, but you lighten it up with some white painted brick or like a lime wash brick, which is essentially kind of a similar look and then bring in a lot of natural wood. So we're doing like these cool wood garage doors with it to kind of warm it up. Yeah, I, I love that look. It's just been awesome to me. It's kind of a unique look. It kind of, it just takes a new edge on the modern farmhouse look. It's like a contemporary kind of transitional look. And um, I think it's going to be really fun. And I'm excited to do that. And, you know, we've done black before when we did our Street of Dreams house, which, you know, wasn't totally, I guess, received well, because I think everyone was just so not used to having a black exterior. But I do see it coming back recently. There's a lot of homes around that are doing some more black in more contemporary but this will be done in a little bit more traditional manner and i think it's going to look really pretty so i'm excited for that so for our listeners out there first of all i i hadn't really that wasn't really something on my radar i haven't really thought or seen a lot of black houses but while you were talking as i mentioned before i just googled black exterior house and then clicked on images and there's some cool looking stuff here yeah it's Um, awesome yeah, yeah, I really like this look. So I, mean, I it's get about, it. And- it's about balance. You got to bring in other textures with it. It's not solid black. Like you want to bring in a lot of the natural woods to kind of warm it up because it's very cool and can be kind of dark. And 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 another thing is you want to make sure it's in the right setting. I wouldn't put that in like a house that's got a ton of trees around it because it's going to feel really dark, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. kind of a little more cleared, you've got a little bit more open space, um, maybe not as many trees, I think would be a good area for it, more natural sunlight. But it, again, you want to mix a lot of the other it and just, it, it just, it's really dramatic. It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. What about inside the homes? What, what, what's got you um, excited about new ideas there? Um, I would say, again, a lot of the blacks are kind of uh, coming back. Black with the wood um, has been really popular. And even just different colors, like bold, kind of rich, saturated colors, like some of the deep olive greens are really pretty. Um, Kind of the deeper blues, navies are really popular too. Just to bring in on like some cabinetry mixed with, you know, some wood floating shelves is really cool right now. And just kind of a lot of mix of materials, not just an all white kitchen, but you bring in other elements to kind of warm it up and, you know, change it up and then throw in some brass hardware or some black hardware with it. And and, uh, yeah, that's kind of really fun right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cool different colors to mix in a lot of different cabinet details or another thing that I really like to to do. I don't like to just do your standard shaker cabinet door. Um, Doing a lot of custom doors is, it's not as expensive as people think, um, but it really makes your house look a little bit more unique, you know, just custom cabinet details. So, mm-hmm. um, which is, and different unique doors, like, you know, a lot of things are like, you can paint your doors like a gray color or like a black color, um, just to kind of, you know, make, do something a little bit more dramatic and different. And it just makes your house just a little edgier and, you know, throw in some wallpaper. We've been doing a lot of wallpaper too. And I, I love wallpaper. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm so glad that's a trend that's coming back again and it's so mm-hmm. fun and they have removable, you know, um, wallpaper. So they're not permanent. They won't ruin your walls, but that's another fun trend that I feel like is, um, is coming back strong has been for a while. But. You know, Steve, there's one thing here that you were going to ask that, uh, it was the, what were you thinking design, uh, <laughs> element, right? And, uh, yeah. I think Joni and I are both in agreement on this, but there is, um, the modern home uh, pendulum has swung pretty crazy in in the you know one direction. 
I think there's some of those where people have maybe taken those too far and they might be like the, the, the you know, well, whatever era people don't like the most, right? Like the 90s look or the 80s look. Like 80s had pretty bad architecture overall, 80s right? 80s had but like, the glass block, the ugly, ugh. Yeah. 70s was pretty bad too. It was like yeah. Jetsons. Like a lot of mountain park has that 70s. Yeah. Just, and it's yeah. architecture that you can't, you can't fix. I mean, it's the actual bones of the house from the street are, you know, they can't be changed. Yeah. yeah. There's I mean, a lot of that we've we had see. a couple actually. Yeah. We've done a couple and you'd be surprised. We've had some pretty ugly looking 70s houses that we kind of flipped and made, believe it or not, the ugliest houses that we've ever done. There was one over off um, behind uh, Lake Ridge Junior High back there. And that was literally, I looked at house and I was puzzled. And I was Steve like, Stump I don't know what it. I'm going to do. Red Wing Way. House. Yeah. So. Yeah. Red Ring. No, I'm talking about Deer Oak. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Red Wing Way was an ugly, ugly house too. That, uh, yeah. That <laughs> so. one was, that one was really, really. I don't know that deer Oak was really bad. Like I didn't know what to do with it. It was a split level, but it was, it had no windows up front. It was just really, really bad. So Ooh. I, we, we really transformed it. And actually it was, that was a big transformation and it ended up, we kind of brought in some craftsman elements and made it, um, added some little, uh, corbels on the front. We put in, um, matching windows up, up above the garage and put new doors and everything on it. And it actually turned out, Turned out really nice, but that was definitely up there with, we've had some really ugly houses and it's, it's, it's not easy. It's definitely a challenge on how to make them look good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would you guys say your, your flavor is more modern, more traditional, or are you kind of somewhere in the middle? Uh, I'd say in the middle, you know, we we're working on a new build right now. That's definitely more contemporary and we've done another one in Lake Oswego that was a little more contemporary and Southeast. And then I'll swing back and I'll do some that are more traditional, I, I wouldn't say totally traditional. I'd say more transitional, which is kind of a mix between contemporary and traditional. And um, I'd say we're in between, but we can, mm -hmm. we can do anything, you know, like we'll do some houses in Southwest Portland that are kind of funky, you know, trendy houses that people are like, and um, we've done some mid-century modern houses. Um, we've done Cape Cod, you know, shingle style, traditional ones. So, you know, we can, mm -hmm. we can do anything really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Joni, appliances, where do you think they're going? What do, what are you doing with appliances these days? Ah, and what do you see that? Like, what do you see I happening like there? One. Well, you know, I like a mix of like, stainless is still good, but they have a couple, this new line, it's called the GE Cafe line, and it's awesome. They have this white face just on the oven doors, and it's mixed with some brass and stainless. It sounds kind of weird, but you'll have no, to- No, I've it. seen it. I like yeah. it too. And yeah. I like it mixed in. It's just something different. It's not your white appliance, but it's kind of something different, and it kind of adds like an art piece to your kitchen. And then I still am a big fan of the overlay with wood overlay, so you can paint it and to incorporate it into your cabinetry. But you know, mixing in fun elements like that. I, I don't know. I like that. I'm really digging that white look right now. The black is okay. I mean, it can look kind of streamlined depending on what cabinetry you're doing in your kitchen. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely digging that new white right now. I think it's pretty yeah. cool. St um, Standard TV and Appliance had those on display at the Street of Dreams. And uh, I I was, I think I mentioned this in our show that, that we did about the Street of Dreams, but I was waiting for some friends who who were kind of making their way back up to the to the front where we were gonna gonna head out from, and I started talking to the guys from Standard TV and Appliance. They were super nice, and um, they they were showing me that cafe line, and it was really really cool. It was um, 
it, it's just like you said earlier, Joni, it's not white the same way. It's not your mom's white, you know. No, 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 no. <laughs> very not, like, different white. white out. Yeah. No, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's got that professional style lines of the legs and the shape of it. So it still has that wolf, you know, commercial looking range style, but then it's got that cool front on it. So it's not all white. It's just around more like around the oven doors that are kind of white. And then it brings in the brass and I don't know, it's just kind of fun. I, I think it's, it's just something fun to try Like, and I'm going to use it at that, that remodel that we're doing in first edition over there. Cause I yeah. think it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I just Googled that as well. So there saw some, some of the examples of that. Cool. Well, um, let's go on to our next question. We touched on this. Were we done with the what are what are the trends right now that we're shaking our heads at? And sometimes sometimes it's not as obvious, but there there are ones. Tucker and I joke about MC Hammer pants, right? It's yeah. like or or mom jeans. Like, what are the MC Hammer pants and the mom jeans of today that that time will not look back fondly on? You know, five years, ten years from now, someone's gonna have a house and go, what the heck were they doing? I think Ubatuba Granite's at the top of that list. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> That's pretty, or Baltic Brown. I don't know. That one's pretty bad too. Ubatuba Granite. Now I'm Googling yeah, that. Yeah, Google How that you one. You'll, you'll like Uba that one. Baltic, Baltic Brown is pretty bad too. Baltic Brown. Oh yeah, the Black Granite. Yeah, I've got black, a house. It's got black with like brown spots on it. Kind of looks like a Yeah, black. and the yeah. speckles in it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then what what was the one you said, Joni? Baltic, uh, Baltic brown. brown. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. Is that a uh, that's a that's a granite? That is a granite. And you know, it's funny, we're not using and granite's, you know, a good material. And like a lot of the black leathered uh finishes or antique finishes are still kind of cool. Um and there's been a couple other granites that are still okay, but I would say we're shifting way towards more into the quartz direction just for durability and consistency as far as you know what you're getting um you know when you're picking out a design you really don't have to go look at your slabs because you know what you're getting but uh, another natural material that i see that we're actually using at our big high-end house that we're building right now is the quartzite and it's expensive it's super hard it looks kind of like marble, but it has the durability of granite. So it's going to hold up. You can put hot pans on it. It doesn't scratch. It's not going to stain like marble, but it looks absolutely beautiful. That That's probably my top favorite natural stone right now, besides mm -hmm. marble. I love marble, but it's just you have to be very careful about where you put marble because of it's, you know, it's soft, it's porous, it can scratch, it stains, um, but it looks it looks beautiful, but that's just definitely quartz quartzite gives you that look, uh, without the maintenance really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on to the next question here. What are some of the timeless tastes that you think will always be well-received and safe? What are like, and, and here's a, I mean, here's a good, good way to put that question. You guys have a house, beautiful house there in, in Lake Oswego that we were at last week, swimming pool, sport court. Tucker was mentioning, you know, I was joking with him at one point. I said, where do you go from here? Right. I mean, how do you upgrade from this? And, and he acknowledged that you guys are going to be there for many years. So what, what are some of the timeless things that you, you felt would stand the test of time in this regards? I feel like the exterior design, we have a front porch. It's kind of a traditional style home, but we added, you know, a more modern front door. Uh, the black windows are a little bit more contemporary. But I do feel like if things shift and we don't want to stay with the white, we could always paint our house a different color and it would still look good. 
the white cabinets are always timeless. They'll never go out of style. You can change out hardware. You can change out countertops. You can change out backsplash. White subway tile is another one. Like it's classic. I really don't feel like that's going to be something that looks dated. I mean, we have houses we did six, seven years ago, and I look back at the pictures and post them on Instagram, and believe it or not, they still look current. So, because it's just about picking simple materials, and then you can add other things to kind of dress it up with. So, you know, I have some funky light fixtures in our house, and if they look dated in a couple of years, I can swap them out, right? Same thing with like cabinet hardware. I I try to pick things that are not going to be super costly to replace in, you know, five to 10 years, because obviously ripping out your countertops and backsplash is, is an expensive overhaul and you have to live in your kitchen and, you know, you're living in a remodel. Whereas if you're swapping out your cabinet hardware, then it's going to be, it's a little bit easier to do. Right. And same thing with like your lighting. It's a simple fix. It's easy to update and keep things so they don't look dated i guess so yeah and doors like your front door you said like you have like a modern front door on on a traditional home i mean if if the tradition if the modern look changes you can always change that door same with garage doors i think i think it kind of it what what it makes me think of and you guys are more on this side than i am but if you keep the the bones of your house and by bones i mean not the hardware not the doors not the garage doors but you keep them if you keep them the, in the timeless category somewhat yeah then you uh, you then you can change windows out you can change doors out you can change garage doors out these darn 70s homes up on the top of the hill here in mountain park they didn't do that they're so they're so you know out there and so risk taking in the framework that you can change out the hardware and it's just hard to fight what, what what was there, so. Well, yeah, and that's how I feel about some of these uber modern houses right now. Like, they're kind of cool and trendy, but I literally feel like five years from now, like, how are you gonna update that thing? It's got this mm-hmm. big butterfly roof and, and some of them are okay and, you know, but some are just really edgy and they've, they've got super, super trendy stuff in them with these rope lighting and kind of, which I'm not a big fan of, to be honest with you, but just a lot of over the top kind of flashy stuff in it. And I feel like some of that gimmicky stuff is just going to be quickly dated. And now you spent, you know, $2 million on this modern house. And then five years from now, it's going to be dated, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think you just, you got to be careful with trendy stuff. It's kind of like clothes, you know, like I fashion wise, I see stuff and I'm like, that's cute. Or that's no, I I would never wear something like that. Right. Like, or, or that should have never came back. Like, why are we wearing some of the, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of the same way for me in design. I feel like you pick and choose kind of what's trendy, but not too trendy. Um, and then that way you're not going back and having to be like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be super dated in five years. Right. And then or there's this, other, this theme or something. Yeah. And then there's other clothes like suits that are just timeless. You just, you, you, exactly. can, you can buy it and 10 years later, you're still wearing it. It's still looks the part. So yeah, it is very similar in that regards. I would agree. Let's talk about the challenge. I think in my mind, as somebody who's never built a house, but been around it, um, I think one of the greatest challenges that builders uh, and designers who, who work with builders encounter is navigating the cost, you know, algorithm or matrix, like make no mistake. I mean, if, if you give anyone a, a monster budget and goes and say, Hey, go make a, an awesome house, 
a lot of people can figure it out, right? Money, you know, just start spending money like crazy and putting a bunch of cool stuff in a house and it's going to look great. But yeah, how, but, but there has to be that. And then, uh, and then the flip side of that, I, obviously, if you're looking, if you're focused on profits, you're like, well, I'm going to make the, this house as least expensive as possible. That's also problematic. How do you find that balance? And how do you, what are the conversations you two have in this regards where you say, hey, yes, this is, this is more like your, your, yeah. your pendant lights, right? I mean, $1,400 yeah. a pop, right? How do you know that 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 wasn't too much and and when what are those what are those compromises you have to navigate well when doing my budget i put together stuff i'm like okay well i know i have set aside x amount of dollars for lighting well i just blew it a little bit right so now i'm like okay well i'm gonna make up for it i'm not gonna do the bluestone patio pavers that cost a fortune on the back patio but i'm gonna do a nice other option for pavers so i just saved myself $2,000, right? For the difference there. So I kind of, I play with the money as we go along. Like I know, okay, I picked out this great um, countertop that's going to cost me more money. So now I got to save money, shift gears. And now I'm, I'm going to save money over on this line. I'm like, okay, maybe I won't do these super expensive doors, but I found these really nice ones that will look just as good. Or, you know, you just kind of, you kind of go back and forth and just kind of figure out where you can spend your money, where you can cut some items and what's important. Like, you know, lighting is, is one of those things for me. It's always important. Like I go into a, a showroom when I pick out lights and I'll have a set budget and I usually have a healthy budget for lighting and I'll go in and if I blow it, I blow it. Like, cause if I know there's a fixture that's right for the house, that's going to make that room look amazing, then I'll do it. And then I'll say, okay, now I got to figure out where I'm going to save an extra thousand dollars or what, you know, depending on the, the budget of the home, obviously. But mm -hmm. you know, there's there's certain items like we're doing a remodel in Westland right now, and I don't have money to put tile in the bathrooms. I we just don't have the budget for it. We had to put new doors and trim. We had to put a new furnace and electrical panel, other things that aren't as pretty, but that have to be done. And I found this awesome new vinyl. Believe it or not, everybody went in the house and they thought it was tile in the bathrooms. It actually is a big hexagon that looks like marble. Um, and then just you know, you pick and choose, shop around and try to find different pieces that, that look high end. And I, I don't know, I, I feel like depending on where your market is on what you're doing, like you can pick and choose different pieces. Like I wanted to spend a little extra money on the fireplace in that house. And so we did, but again, I was like, okay, well then I have to save. So I'm going to find a, you know, less expensive trim package that I'm going to put in the house, but it'll still look nice. It'll be painted, but you know, you kind of balance it out, especially in especially in the remodels, like our budgets are tight. Like you don't, it's not like this huge fun $1,400 pendant budget. You know, this is like my whole lighting budget's like a thousand dollars, you know? So it's, yeah. it's definitely different, but, but they're fun. Cause it's challenging. It's like, how can I make this house look the best that I can for this budget and still make it, make it look high end, even though it's not, but you know, that those are more challenging. It's, it's a little more fun, honestly, to do those when you have a super tight budget and then you turn it around and make it look really awesome. And and you're like, wow, you know, we did this for this amount of money or whatever. So, and it's a balancing act too, because you know, we, there's a lot of guys out there that just bang out houses and put them to market. Right. And there's a lot of guys out there that do remodels and they do like the same package of selections on every house, regardless of the style of house, the location, the price point. I know and, guys like that. Yeah. And to us, 
like it's kind of an amateur operation, right? Like I get it in the big builder game because if you're a conveyor belt builder, you just you got to try and make the houses look a little different, which is why, you know, Icon had Joni in, right? To try and make those conveyor belt builds uh, look as, you know, like their own thumbprint as much as possible. But at a certain point when you're a production builder, like you have certain packages and it's like this, 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 and this. A, B, C, D. Yeah, yeah. that's your package. Um, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of the rehab guys, they simplify their business to the point that it's like, we pick these doors, this color, this sink, and it doesn't matter what the house is, that's what it is, because they've got a GC running their job and they just don't want to think about it. And so we look at that and we're like, well, it's not a great product, you know, it's a newer product, but it's not a great product. And so we put a lot of effort into creating a great product so that when we put it to market, it's well received and people recognize it. And so it's a balancing act too, though, because, you know, we do stuff that, you know, our Dunthorpe house will be over 3 million bucks. We've got another house in Westland that'll be around 600,000, right? So that's a big disparity in price. And with that comes a big disparity in type of selections you're going to make. We're not going to put that $1,400 circle lighting pendant in our Westland remodel. No. Uh, because it just wouldn't make sense. So it's, you know, it's a big sliding scale, not an easy answer, but you try and make the houses look the best you can with what you've got to work with, depending on the price point. Well, that mm -hmm. we also look at the marketability of like who we're selling to, you know, West Lynn is families. So I'm gearing my style more towards that, which is families and more of the Westland families are leaning design wise. They lean a little more traditional. So I'm going a little bit more of that direction. Modern farmhouse is still popular. So I'm going to go ahead and go that direction, but I'll add a few edgier things to it. So it looks a little bit different, but you know, Southwest, we shift gears, Southeast, we switch gear. Like it's just different buyers. Like we look at who's buying, what's selling, who, who our end buyer is. Like, it's not just a blanket canvas. Sometimes it's sort of like, I'm specifically selling to these type of people. And that's, we do a lot of research on the areas where we're selling. Like it's going to be a single couple or new couple or somebody without kids or you know you kind of really dig into who you're selling to so you can kind of hit all their needs and you know generally speaking I guess like mm -hmm. what their needs are I mean for example we built our street of dreams house right the black trim was not well received by the local person that lives you know no knock on you know Milwaukee but they come from Milwaukee they see it and they're like eh I don't like it right we didn't build it to sell it to them. We built it to sell it to somebody that was from the Bay Area that has seen that style before and likes it. And guess who well, bought it's, it, it's right? It's East Coast, too. It's a, yeah. it's actually a classic look. It's been around for a long time. It's a it, it has. classic look, yeah. But a lot of these people haven't seen it. They're not comfortable with it. But we didn't build the house for those people. So, you know, we, we really try, like Joni said, we try and keep in mind who is our buyer, right? And that's who we build these houses for, and that's who we do these selections for. Yeah. Hey, Joni, one question I didn't ask you. Remodel versus new. Do you... Talk to talk about both. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to guess you prefer new, but I I have to think there's some elements of challenge to remodels that you might dig. You know, I do honestly. New builds are fun. Um, they're a little bit. I mean, every job obviously has their problems with the scheduling and permits and all that stuff. But as far as challenge, like we've done some really cool houses in Laurelhurst and East Moreland. Probably some of my favorite projects because. For me, I love going in and we get this like house, the floor plan's outdated and basically it's a puzzle. I have to sit down and I draw up all my floor plans in AutoCAD and then I start just plugging away. I keep reconfiguring, moving things around. How can I get a master suite? How can I get a, a new laundry room? All, all the amenities that people want today within these parameters. Basically, I have to work within this puzzle. I can't change the footprint. It's is what it is. And honestly, those are fun. I like I like them. They're they're challenging and there are a lot of work and they can blow your budgets really fast, but 
they're probably some of my favorite houses that we've ever done because the, the end product is like, it looks like an old house still, but it functions as a new living for today, you know? So I don't know. I remodels are fun. I like to see the transformation. Like I, I really do. I love it. Um, but new builds are, you know, they're fun too. Cause we come up with new designs and things like that, but it, they're just different. You know, they just challenge you in a different way. But I would say probably, I would probably prefer, I, I think I like the remodels. They're, they're a little bit Interesting. more. Which yeah. ones are easier to manage? New construction. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's what everybody probably really <laughs> which, want to know. Yeah. Which one's more profitable? <laughs> new construction. Yeah, new construction. Yeah. I, I mean, not always though. We've had some good remodels, but you know, the problem is, is on the remodels lately, I've noticed this. It's like everything has to be perfect. Like they want everything done. And I'm not talking just your surface, your pretty things. I'm talking about they want windows. They want roof. They want insulation. They want new furnace. They want new electrical panel. They want new plumbing. Um, this is all things behind the walls. But everything has to be dialed on these houses when we sell them today. So it's like I have to spend a lot of money fixing those things first and then I get left over to do okay now I can get some cabinet hardware now I can you know add some specialty finish work or whatever or, you know ship that. um so those eat up a lot of your budget and that, that they're hard so you have to learn at picking materials that look good like some laminate floors that look like wide you know hand scrape you know wire brushed oak floors that look really cool but they're laminate you know but you have to learn how to pick good materials that will fit within your budget when you have to take care of all these other necessities that these buyers, you know, expect. Cause if you don't take care of them now, they're just going to ask for it, you know, after they, you know, write up an offer. So mm -hmm. the other thing I'll say, Steve, is this, is that not once has anybody said, Hey, you only paid this for the lot. So we don't think we should pay you this for the new construction house. I've had countless agents that are like, well, how much did you put into the house? And I know where the logic's going. It's like, well, I'm trying to justify a low shitty offer, right? Because I want to know how much you put in the house. Well, it's an irrelevant point. It's a dumb question. Mm -hmm. But on the new construction side, it's like nobody seems to care what you pay for the lot because it's this big like, well, I don't know what it costs to build. So nobody mm -hmm. ever ans asks those questions. So we never get any pushback on pricing really on new construction because they just assume that because you built the house that it's okay to make a profit. Whereas if you're flipping it, renovating it and reselling it, we'll say, uh, you know, it seems like buyers are a little harder on, um, I us totally, I totally see part. that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's we all annoying because it. you put so much money into these houses and they have no idea. They have yeah. no idea. And you went out of your way and you fixed all these things for them. And it's like, I'm sort of like, it's irritating because then you see these other houses that sell and they're like, I'm looking, I'm like, they didn't do this. They didn't do this. And it's just like, what? Like, uh, it's just, it just blows my mind. Like, I, we like to do things right. I've seen people at flip houses and put things back together and they half-ass it totally, to be honest. And we don't do that. If we find dry rot, we fix it. Like, we don't just cover things up. If I find plumbing pipes, then if the wall's open, I will replace everything when it's open. I'm not going to cover a house back up that's got old galvanized corrosion plumbing pipes when I see them and my walls open, that would just be really stupid. And it costs extra money. But to me, it's just the right way to do things. Like sometimes there are shortcuts, but uh, you know, we just, we don't do a lot of that. We, we try to do things right when we fix up a house. Like I, I stand behind our product, I guess. I want to make sure that we're, we're building a quality house and what we sell, you know, will last for another hundred years. So well, that's awesome. By the way, how many, just get, maybe, you know, a really close number or maybe not, but just guess how many houses have you guys bought and sold? 
a lot. I don't know, a lot. I, we don't have a number, but over yeah. 100. Probably. Yeah, yep, well, over well, well over 100. Yeah. Well over yeah. 100. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. A couple more quick questions and then uh, we'll let you go, Joni. Um, do you believe in staging your homes? Um, Absolutely. Okay. 100%. And you we, do it yourself? I used to do it myself. Um, I just don't have the the bandwidth and just the manpower to do it. Uh, we we did do a lot of them. Now I've been using um, Brittany at Tiffany Home Staging. They're and awesome. she's awesome. Yeah. And she comes in, takes care of everything. And I trust her. I give That'd her the a good stuff. interview, Tucker. Good interview. Would be. Very good. Yeah. 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 Brittany's awesome. She would be great to have on the show. Um, and you know what? She knows. I give her my price point. I tell her the style of the house. And she delivers. Um, their pricing is really good. Um, I'm very, very happy. And, you know, I've known her since we did the Street of Dreams. And um, I, I'm glad we made that jump because it's been a lot easier for me. Like, I just, I can't do everything, like, to be honest with you. Like, I've been doing a lot of it and it's it's just too much. So it's an area that I'm I'm happy to pass that torch off to somebody else. And, and she does a great job. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy to have her. That's good to hear. I love staging. I think staging is such clever marketing. I think it's just such a clever way to make a house look better than it should look. Meaning, And by that, I, I, I often say that when I'm talking to sellers about staging, if they have a vacant house, I say, look, we're going to bring in the pros who are going to make this the interior of this house look far better than the buyer's ever going to make it look. And we're going to trick them in trick them in that process. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just it's just brilliant presentation that that so oftentimes we'll bring into a home furniture that doesn't even belong in that home. It's it's far nicer than that home. Um and it really helps your marketing. I mean, at the end of the day, marketing of a property, that's the side of the business that I deal with. You know, the photos, the videos, 3D that stuff is in it. I mean, it, it really, really makes that look better too. So oh, a hundred percent, like a hundred percent. I feel like mm -hmm. it gives a house life. We've, we've had pictures of our houses listed with no furniture. In it. And honestly, I can't even, there's some of our really nice homes that we did, but we just, we didn't stage them. We didn't have to at the time they sold fast, but looking back, they're hard. They're hard for me to use for marketing. People don't want to see a picture of an empty house. They want to see what it's like to live in that space. And it gives a feel to the home. It lets people know what this space is used for, especially if you have a, a quirkier house, right? Certain houses maybe have a little bit different layout and people have a hard time envisioning. It's that design thing. You know, they have a hard time. Whereas if they can see it in front of them, they're like, I like it. Right. They don't know what they like, but they know when they see it, they like it. Right. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things. Down to the, the component of time spent in the house. Um, there is some interesting statistics out there that if somebody goes into a, a vacant house, even if they absolutely love it or are about to write an offer, statistically speaking, they'll probably stay in the house 15 to 30 minutes. But if it's staged and they can actually sit down and get comfortable and talk there, they might easily have spent an hour to an hour and a half. Which is the better scenario for the seller, right? Don't you want that person that stayed oh, yeah. there, talked it through, got emotionally attached? And yeah, so... Well, they and you, can see themselves living in it. You know, if they're sitting down, they're like, yeah, we could, our kids could be over here. We could be doing, you know, you can, well, look, you can see the family room from the kitchen or, you know, if they're in the house longer and they're getting comfortable, that's, that's a good sign. We always look at that on our, our, uh, our MLS box too. We're like, well, they were in the house for a long time, probably going to write an offer, right? Like yeah. always a good sign. Absolutely. And have, it sounds like your st stance on this has changed a little bit in the last few years on 
do you stage most of your, like your $600,000 Westland remodel? Are you going to stage that? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Okay. It's, it's changed with the market a little bit, Steve, too. Like, you know, the market was just en fuego for a while. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, is it money you need to spend when people are banging down your door to buy a product in a neighborhood that doesn't exist? Not really, but you know, now we're back to a little bit of a normalized market and in a normalized or softer market, staging is a key component. And so yeah. that's why we do it. So. Well, yeah. And it's good for our marketing material too. Like, you know, yeah. when we showcase the house and honestly, it's not that much money on those entry level house. And, and it really makes a big difference. Like the last two houses that we did with it, I felt like we got a much better reception. Whereas I would go and do real light staging, just add a few little things to kind of warm it up for some pictures, not any big pieces, but a few things. But I personally feel like it makes such a better impact to have, you know, like we're going to stage the Westland one totally top to bottom and it'll look amazing when it's done. It's just going to photograph. Well, it'll just feel really well when people go through the house. Like it will, it, it makes all your other things shine that much better. Right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay. Last question, Joni, um, street of dreams. Tell us your three favorite things at the street of dreams that you saw and the th three things you wish you hadn't seen there. <laughs> I can uh, think of one thing that uh, I'm getting. I, I can think of a house I wish I hadn't seen. Yeah, uh, there, was a, there was a lot of leopard print there this year. Steve. There was <laughs> house in there, I, there was a few house. I don't know. I was, um, there were a cool, a couple of cool things. Red Hills had a cool little barrel vault ceiling. That was kind of neat. They had a couple, um, some interesting stuff in their house and there. Um, a lot of people did the, the waterfall edge. We saw a lot of shiplap. Rustic Barnwood. Um, I see shit up behind you, by the way. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we saw a lot of that, and mine's mine's gray green though, so it's not white. Um, yeah. But um, no, I I I was just hoping to see something a little bit different on the exteriors, um, like the white with. The, I mean, I have it on my house, but I just feel like the Street of Dreams to me is supposed to show new ideas, right? Not stuff that everybody's doing right now. Like you're supposed to be two years ahead of what everybody's, or a year ahead, right? So yeah. I just was expecting to see more of the olive color tones. I mean, Renaissance had some good stuff in their house, but again, it was shaker cabinet doors and they had some cute, they did, they had some cute stuff. Their outdoor living area was awesome. Like it was gorgeous. Um, I, I guess I was just expecting to see a few more edgier things. Maybe some more wallpaper would have been cool. Um, just... I don't know, more unique cabinet details, just different finishes, just some, a few different things that we haven't seen. I mean, I'm not digging, you know, dogging the show at all, but I, I wish that we would have seen a little bit more edgier upcoming stuff, you know, but again, like Tigger said, a lot of people don't necessarily want to see that. They want to see what's current right now. And that's a problem. Whereas Street of Dreams is supposed to be what's ahead, not what's current. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Renaissance had some cool stuff in their house. Um, but you know, the shiplap fireplace, we've seen it a hundred times. So I, I, I guess I was expect, I was just hoping to see a few, you know, more unique things, maybe some more white painted brick inside would have been cool. You know, more white Oak in the kitchen would have been really cool. Mixed in with some other cool painted, uh, cabinets, but they, they definitely, they had a really cool, fun mud room in there with the olive green. I'll give them credit there. Their master bathroom was really pretty with the black. Um, uh -huh. So they had, they had some cool stuff. I just wish they would have pushed it just a little bit further. That's all. Man, Renaissance, they, they, they won some awards off this one. This did year, I didn't predict they, that one or did I predict it while we were sitting at yeah, the Yeah, I predicted yeah. it too. I kind of figured that would have been the case too. Hey, yeah. Randy's good for the show. And so yeah. it all works out. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, last, last question for you, Joni. Street of Dreams, when are you doing in the next one? 
Never. Tucker, don't get the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I, I, it was uh -oh. a good, same answer as Tucker. It good. It was a good learning experience. Um, luckily we didn't have any kids at the time. Um, but, uh, cause it was a long, long days of working and doing all the furnishings, running the job site. It was a lot for me. Like I couldn't do it now. So, yeah. but it, it was good. It was a good, I'm glad we got our foot in the door. Did it. Said we did it and check that box. We're done. And we had a great buyer. The people that bought our it house. Did. The loved people the that house. bought the house were amazing. Like I couldn't have been happier. She loved everything that we did in that house. And literally it was it was the buyer that I wanted to buy that house. Like she appreciated all the details and design and every ounce of love that I put in that house. She appreciated everything of it. So her, her and her husband, they were awesome people. Very What's that good. street name, by the way? Stonehenge but Terrace. Stonehenge. It's um, up for sale. They got it listed right now. Didn't I hear that it's listed right now? It is. It's listed. Yeah. And it okay. still looks good. Six years later, I have to say, it still looks, you know, on point. Everything looks. If you look at our siding compared to some of the other on the street, I will say our siding looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, our cedar held up very, very well. If you yeah. drive through there, you will see what happens to cedar if you do not stain it every couple of years like you're supposed to. Ours was that Cedar Valley treated boats prior to installing. And I can tell you right now, that siding looks really good for six years old. 2.75 million. Jennifer Weinhardt. I mean, she's, she'd be a good one for the show. I like Jennifer. She she's actually great... sold it. I think she was their agent. Yeah, she was their yeah. agent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for any of our listeners who are curious, um, uh, it's 907 South Stonehenge Terrace in, in West Lynn. They've got some beautiful pictures The of, uh, and, and I see you, you did do the black. Yeah. And I, yeah. and that was, that was many years ago. That's five years ago. So yeah. you were really ahead of the curve there. The interior looks beautiful. Yeah. Even, yeah. even here five years later, I mean, it's still just, it gorgeous. still looks good. That's what I mean. It's yeah. about picking classic elements and like literally everything in there. Like I would say, you know, 94% of everything that's in that house, I would keep obviously with every project you do, you get better, right? Like you still learn from each project. You're like, dang, I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have had those lights or I wish I would have had this or that. And I wish I would do this better. And every time you do a project, you do that. You get better and better and better. You, Well, I hopefully, I guess that you learn from your mistakes, but um, I do at least. I try to make, is how can I do this better this time, you know? And yeah. that house is still pretty solid. I stand behind that house pretty well. So yeah, yeah, awesome. It's kind of got like a, the exterior. I mean, and it, it has kind of like a barn look to it, right? Yeah, it does. So yeah. I did that design on purpose when I was yeah. working with Ascord. I gave him a bunch of different uh, elevations of a few houses. One that was didn't have the game bro roof. That's what the barn roof is called, a game bro. Um, and since this was up in the Stafford Hills up there, which is kind of a farm barn area, right? There's a lot of barns up there. It was kind of a farm area. I wanted to incorporate that kind of style in, which also goes hand in hand with the shingle Hampton style house. They use a lot of that in their architecture. And so I wanted to bring that in. It's kind of a unique look. Then we brought in the edge look of adding the black, which again is also a traditional east coast color palette they do that a lot over there um but it makes it a little more edgy right like you just kind of add in the black windows and in the black trim and it kind of updates it with the traditional gambrel roof makes it i don't know makes it feel a little bit more edgy yeah that's kind of a thing by the way um so my my good friend um eli that we talked to on the phone tucker mm -hmm. he bought 40 acres just outside of dallas um and he is building a massive barn 
um, that with a house on top. Um, so, so the bottom is just, it's just storage for his cars and, and, and trucks and different things. And it, it's really, really cool. And if you actually Google, um, if you Google like, you know, barn homes, you'll see some really cool ideas and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of a, kind and of this, a fun this house is actually thing. our rebuild of our Dunthorpe house is this house. So we're basically doing a different rendition of this one, uh, in Dunthorpe. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see, you guys will see a 2019, yeah, 2020 version. Yeah. You'll see a different version of it. So we did change it, but same floor plan, uh, same architectural elements. Um, but yeah, it, it's a timeless looking house. It will it will look it will look good in 15, 20 years. That house will still look good because it's very timeless looking. You know, front porch, round columns, cedar shake. That's that's that style that literally will never go out of style. Yeah. Um, to our listeners, just Google barn houses and look at images. There's some really fun looking stuff here. Really cool. Really cool. So, okay. Well, I think that was an amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time, Joni. It's been yeah, no great problem. picking your brain and seeing uh, a little bit about the secret sauce behind TTM development, where all the magic happens. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of a dig on Tucker on this in, in a fun way, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, well, you guys, you guys got to see who actually makes what it is that you see happen. So there you yeah. go. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, hey it's episode 101. We're two weeks in a row. We'll get uh, we'll fish another great guest out of uh, our listener pool, hopefully uh, for the next show. And uh, we'll keep this going. But uh, thanks to Joni for joining us. And uh, nice work, Steve, on running the uh, running the show. I took co-host yeah. duties this week. Yeah. Yeah. Steve. yeah. You, you Tucker figures he's conflicted. He's conflicted. He's like, I don't want to ask a question that gets me in trouble. So you take all the questions. <laughs> no, you know, I, I figured your questions would be better because they would come from a vantage point of somebody that's not in it every day. Right. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. Great interview. Thank you, Joni. Yeah, you're welcome. Nice talking with you guys. All right, guys, it's a wrap. We'll see you all in the next one. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.